0: Ooh Tomeva Mata Chapitatvameva, Tomeva Banduschasakat Twameva, Tomeva Vidya Dravinam Twameva, Tomeva Sarvam Mamadeva Deva Sri Dakshinamurti Sudeshi Kendram, Dwaipayanam Sutra Pratam Munindram Sri Shankaram Bhasya Kratam Yetindram Maddeshi Kanchapi Namami Vidyai. Om Namo Brahma Dipyo, Brahma Vidya, Sampradaya Kartrabyo, Bamsari Mahatbyo Namo Gurubyha, Sarvopa Plavaraita Prajnana Ganaha, Pratyagato, Brahmaiva Masmi Om Jataya, Totravetraika Panaya, Jnana Mudraya Krishnaya, Gita, Murtaduvena Namahan Pranams everyone. We are doing the 16th chapter, where we are discussing the Devi Asuri Sappad, the qualities of a person who is embodied with divine qualities and then later Bhagavan is also going to describe the nature of an Asuri person. So right now we are in the second sloka. Shri So Bhagavan is actually giving some values in this. In the previous sloka, he had given nine values starting from Abhayam. In this sloka, values continue and we had seen Ahimsa earlier, then Satyam and now Akrodham. Akrodham is absence of anger and with regards to anger we saw there could be multiple reasons why a person could get angry. We talked about the general reasons and the general reasons we classified them as 8 reasons. Starting from Dvesham then we saw attachment as one of the reasons. Then we saw expectations and then impatience is one of the reasons cause and so on and so forth. That was in the class before last. In the last class we talked about anger management in terms of how to overcome anger and we try to address them for each of these reasons. So if this could be the reason how we have to address those. And from there one of the things that we also discussed was to ensure that these anger management tips have to be applied not during the time of anger but has to be applied even before. At the time of that, when anger, when anger has already taken over us these tips will not work. So these have to be actually applied much before or when we are in normal situation or normal in a normal mood. So we had seen dvesha nivrithi, What, how to overcome dvesha, we saw dvesha nivrithi. Then we saw in terms of attachment how we have to do a ragat dyagah. and then with regards to expectations, how to manage expectations, how to do this. <coughs> And then finally we also talked about how to get how to overcome impatience. And we also talked about Shama being one is patience and also forgiveness. So how do we actually build that, that attitude? We had seen until that last in the last class. We will see much more uh, little more on the other aspects of anger management. when we discussed anger there was another cause for another reason why we u- usually get angry we said we will actually use anger as a tool to get things done or to get work done this is typically in a, in, a, in an environment where we are the boss or we are running the show or we have somebody whom we who's working for us and or we typically can also use this with our children so we saw some examples there so anger as an instrument to get work done is it correct or not see what happens is in this case typically what happens when we use anger as a tool to get things done Initially it might start to work But over a period of time if especially if you are using with them as an as a tool to uh, with children they also know that They will in fact wait for the time that you get angry or show anger and only then start doing things Or rather what happens is they get trained to this approach of you know not doing any work until they see anger in your tone so this is actually initially it might start it might look as if it's working but over a period of time it will actually fade out it will not do the it will not have the necessary outcome what what invariably happens though is we get them habituated to anger And that is true with not just with children, but also with with employees in office or anywhere else, with a helper at home. Wherever we use anger as an instrument, initially it might start to it might look as if it's working, but over a period of time it will not. And if we actually start using this as a tool, and if we think we are gaining success by using anger then it only means that we have failed as a person, as an individual. Real success is only possible when we accomplish things without any anger. Remember, anger is not a strength, anger is a weakness. Some people take pride in their anger. They claim that you know, you know, you know what if I get angry? know if I get angry I will not be myself and they take pride when they proclaim these things it is not something to be proud of typically what happens is whenever we lose strength our anger increases this is how it works so another if we put it the other way generally some one of the reasons why our anger is go up or rise is when we lose our strength (coughs) that's why we see you know some old people they get angry soon that's because they don't have enough strength so they become angry so they become a bit more short tempered so whenever body loses strength anger increases so this is (coughs) so anger as a tool is not something that we should be pursuing And when we discussed anger, we also discussed one of the reasons why people could get angry was when when the ego gets hurt. You know, when somebody lies to us, when, when somebody disrespects us, when somebody behaves with us rudely, or when they come out about us. You know, Then we get angry because our ego gets hurt. And our ahankara, it actually gets sorrowful. Actually, there is a sorrow and that gets reflect or that gets manifested as anger outside. What we have to do is we have to use our intellect and think. If someone behaves wrongly or badly with us, it only shows their character. If somebody judges us, it only exposes them. It doesn't matter what they think, what they say. Who am I can be only decided by me. It does not matter if someone speaks bad of me. It only shows how small their mind is. Only I can decide who I am. So this we have to keep reminding ourselves, it is not easy but if we are able to practice this do it as part of what I would call as auto-suggestion whenever something like this happens, the strength that our mind gets in terms of facing this situation is enormous. More importantly we have to understand that we are no power to stop them from doing what they are doing. So it doesn't matter, me getting angry or we getting angry is not going to change the situation. So there is no point in actually thinking in those lines. Instead we should understand and this is the truth. If someone treats me cheaply, it does not make me cheap. And it's the same way. If someone treats me highly, it does not make me a superior person also. We have to think both ways. Whatever attitude they show, it just shows who they are and it doesn't really mean, when we show some, when we show some bhava, some, some respect to some sadhu who comes to our house or a sanyasi who comes to our house, it actually shows our character. So in the same way when somebody treats us cheaply or badly or insults us or talks ill of us or comments or gossips, it does not matter because it just shows who they are. Who am I cannot be changed or it has to be decided by me only. This is important in terms of how this is an important attitude or something that we have to remember to be able to manage. Our anger in these kind of situations we have to manage our ahankara we should tell ourselves nobody can hurt me doesn't matter what they speak what they talk whether they talk in front of me whether they talk behind me it does not matter I will not get hurt and when we decide on that When we decide that we are not going to get hurt, trust me, the people who are trying to hurt us, because what they do is actually trying to hurt us, the numbers or the frequency will go down. And our anger also will go down. So, in terms of managing this hurt ego, understand that nobody can hurt us we decide who we are, what is our self-worth, nobody can let them go on gossiping, let them talk ill, let them insult, it does not matter. If they insult we can also avoid them, that doesn't matter but we need not be hurt because of that. So this is for the seventh, we have discussed seven different reasons why we could get angry. This was the seventh one. Then we also said, one other reason why people could get angry is when they see Adharma around (coughs) And this, people who get angry by seeing Adharma around us, around themselves, have to be really Sattvic people. They have to be people who had attained some bit of high spiritual maturity. Just because a person becomes or gets angry on seeing Adharma around, we cannot call that person as a Nyani or we cannot call that person as a spiritually mature person. Most of the people who get angry on seeing Adharma also live in Adharmic conditions only. Whoever is living in the life of dharma, of course they will also feel angry. But if you really look at it, a person who is living in Adharmi condition sometimes also have this feeling that they should be talking against the dharma. But remember, we we are not avatara purushas. we we have not come here to restore dharma Bhagawan has not sent us saying that your purpose of life is to establish dharma in this world we have come here to improve ourselves to be to gain spiritual maturity this establishing dharma is the responsibility of bhagwan it is not for us it is not us remember in in a society so many adharmas are are happening will happen many of them beyond our uh, many of them we will never come to know but one thing is for certain all those things that are happening are definitely, it is known to Bhagawan, he knows what is happening where. And by saying this and me saying this does not mean that you know Adharma has to happen. What I mean to say is my primary responsibility is for me to practice Dharma for me to practice dharma as much as possible and make sure that I do not fall in the hands of other, we should focus on that as much as possible rather than trying to change other people and other situations of course if we have the power And if we are able to change a situation, if we are able to influence a situation, we can. But we should not be forcing ourselves to do it or get angry with that situation. Because when things are not in our hands, it is better we do not get involved. Because if we get involved the chances of we getting dragged into adharma is very high. So it's better to keep away from those things and practice dharma as much as possible on a personal front. Wherever we have the strength and influence, we should, for example at home, we have the strength, we have the influence, we should ensure Dharma is practiced at home. And wherever in situations where there is adharma around us, you know, to feel sad, to feel depressed or to get angry, that is not the solution. We have to get on with our work. It is our duty. We cannot, we cannot use this as an excuse to say the whole world is adharmic, so why should, how can I practice Dharma? That is not the approach that one should take. If we are not able to practice Dharma in such a situation, it only shows our mental weakness. We should have the strength to withstand such situations where adharma, adharma is around us. Remember one thing, even when adharma is happening around us, we should not have any dvesham on people around us. We should not have any dvesham on people for who are doing adharma. When I say we should not have dvesham, it does not mean that we accept adharma. It only means... We understand our limitations, we understand our sphere of influence and we understand where we stand. Again, I reiterate, we have not come here to establish dharma. We have come here to follow dharma. So this is for people who get angry on seeing adharma around. And the last one we saw as one of the reasons was why people when people get angry for no reason. As a habit, they when they when they open a newspaper, they say you know they get angry once on reading a news. When they walk on the road, they see another a car going by or a bike or a passerby, they get angry with that person. Or they read some political news and they get angry with all the leaders or whatever. You know, this is more like a habit. And this habit has come as a manifestation of the Rajoguna. Anger is actually an attribute of Rajoguna. So what we have to do is to make ourselves more Sattvic. And how do we become more sattvic? By having, first and foremost is having sattvic food. By reducing spice, reducing salt and also doing some sattvic sadhanas like meditation, japa. By doing that, the rajoguna will reduce and sattva guna will increase. And we will see that the anger also goes down remember krodham the anger is with everyone we all get angry at different times for different reasons what we have to understand is to we should understand the cause why we get angry remove the root cause as much as possible and the root cause as i said we have discussed this is seven or eight but ultimate root cause which is only they can be only two If we go to the root cause analysis, the ultimate cause could be either raga attachment or dvesha hatred. So we have to remove that root cause so that we don't get angry. And whatever sadhanas we had given, you know, writing out the list of, you know, expectations on people, writing out the list of places where I have attachment, writing on the list where I have my Vesha, all those sadhanas and japa, all those meditation, all those have to be followed not when we are angry but when we are normal. Only then we will be able to overcome anger. So with that we will kind of come to close to anger discussion on Akrodha absence of anger or anger management remember what we have seen is only all the samanya karna which is general causes there could be some vishesha Karana also when we actually do an analysis on those vishesha karanas in specific reasons we can do our introspection reflection and then we can we will be able to understand what could be the cause of it and try to remove the cause And if somebody says, I am I'm actually doing all these sadhanas, I am actually doing meditation, I am doing japa and yet I feel my anger is still there then we have to understand we have, where is the root cause, we have to do an analysis and then understand the root cause and remove the cause. So what happens is then when I get angry, I should be in a mood to reflect. So after, I get, after my anger has subsided, I should do a reflection. Why did I get angry? What was the cause behind it? How can I overcome that? There is no point in blaming the situation around us. What we have to understand is the root cause could be one of those eight. Or as I said, if we do a further analysis, it could be one of those two so we have to understand and say what is the cause and then try to remove it and removing anger is very important as i said it is both an external enemy as well as an internal enemy because if if people see me as a short tempered angry person there would not be many friends for us even at the time of need there would not be people around us so we have to Make sure that we remove anger from our personality. And internally also, anger consumes our mind, anger leads us to moham, anger leads us to do things that we would not want to do in normal situations. Anger would make us say things that we would not want to say in normal situations. Anger would make us think that we would not want to think in normal situations. So, removing anger is very important. Anger spoils relations. It creates permanent fissures in relations. So, removing anger is an important sadhana. So, we will close this topic here. And then we will move to the next value. Bhagavan says, Ahimsa Satyamakrodha tyaga shanti shuna." The next value is value number 13 Tyaga 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 means sacrifice renunciation In fact, sannyasa and Tyaga means the same In fact, in the 18th chapter there is a last chapter of Bhagavad Gita Arjuna will ask Bhagavan. The difference between Tyaga and Sanyasa and Bhagavan will analyze and give the details but when we actually see that he, there would not be much of a difference between sannyasa and Tyaga so Tyaga when you talk about Tyaga or sacrifice it can happen at two levels one is antaratyaga and the other one is bahiyatatyaga internal sacrifice, external sacrifice antaratyaga means something internal what do we mean by antaratyaga, what do we have to sacrifice, we have to sacrifice our expectations (coughs) the expectation the most important expectation is an expectation that I need to be loved. You know, that is the biggest expectation that we have from others. That I need to be loved. That has to be sacrificed. But other than that, we will have to also sacrifice our bad habits, our bad gunas or bad vasanas. We will have to sacrifice them also. The Sacrificing the feelings of hatred, revenge, all those things have to be sacrificed. When we talk about Bahiya Tyaga, external sacrifice, external sacrifice, basically sacrificing certain habits that we have, or it could be certain things that we we possess, certain comforts that we are used to. Sacrificing them come under Bahiya Tyaga. So this is tyaga. Remember, tyaga needs to come out of Viveka. It has to come out of Viveka. Viveka meaning the discrimination power, discriminative power, discriminative power of what? Viveka we had seen earlier. Viveka is basically it could be Dharma Dharma Viveka, we have seen, nitya nityavastu viveka. We have seen. Here in this context, we are talking about nitya nitya vastu viveka. This Tyaga, the sacrifice, it might look like sacrifice, but people, uh, for some some people it might look like as if they have sacrificed, but if we actually uh, look deeply into it, the sacrifice could have come out of laziness for example, or delusion, moha. For example, somebody says, I am happy to sit without the air, uh, without the fan. The, the reason is probably they could be, you know, lazy to go there and switch on the fan. So that is not a real sacrifice. Or somebody could say, um, I, I don't want to eat now. That's because they are actually watching something on uh, on, on television or, or, or a series or, or a movie. They would want to skip the lunch or dinner. That comes out of delusion. So those are not real sacrifices. Only a tyaga that comes out of viveka, discrimination, that alone is the real tyaga. Because viveka when it matures, it matures into vairagya. Vairagya is dispassion. And vairagya leads to tyaga. So viveka is about... As I said, nitya Nithya Vastu Viveka, what is that? Viveka is about understanding the real nature of objects, the real nature of things, the real nature of the situation, the real nature of relations in life, a thing or an object or a possession or a relation or a situation, whatever that means, it, it could superficially give me pleasure, it could superficially give me happiness. What Shastra says, it is mixed. It is mixed as in the happiness is mixed with sadness and will end in Dukkha. So, Viveka is about really understanding this concept behind all these objects around us. Or Viveka is about understanding the world properly. And if we do a Viveka Abhyasa properly, if we practice Viveka, you know, the mind, soon it gets matured and it becomes Vairagya. And Vairagya, once we get that Vairagya, Tyaga will automatically follow Vairagya. You don't need to do anything after that. The Vairagya will automatically lead to sacrifice renunciation. What happens in Tyaga? In Tyaga, we need to let go of things. We need to let go of things. That means we need to sacrifice not the thing, not the person, not the relation. We need not sacrifice them. We need to sacrifice our attachment towards it. It is not a physically removing things from us, ourselves. It is it is not physically I don't want to have this person in my life or it is not, I don't want to have this possession in my life. It is about removing my attachment. It is an attitudinal change. It is not a physical change. Attachment, when we say attachment, it comes out of Moham. Attachment comes out of delusion. What is Moham here? Moham is actually, is seeing only the, uh, the positive side, the pleasure giving side of an object. Which is like only seeing the Sukha Hamsa. This any object is capable of giving both sukham as well as dukham. We know that for sure. If we if we have a house, for example, it's a nice house. It's a big house. I feel happy in the house. But the house can also have problems, and there could be repairs in the house, or there could be neighbors who are giving me problems. So the house itself could give me a problems as well. So there is a sukham aspect, a dukham aspect. For everything in this world, it could be a relation, object or possession. Moham is seeing only the Sukham side, only the pleasure giving side. That is called as Moham. So, what we have to do, attachment makes us see only the Sukham things. The attachment on an object or a relation will only make me see the positive sides of things. So if I let go of the attachment, I will be able to see both and from there, once I let go of attachment, it means I have done a jyaga and for me to get rid of this attachment, what I need to have? I need to have viveka. I need to know the nitya nitya vastu viveka. I need to have that subtle intelligence. To be able to see that. Remember viveka is at the intellect level and when it gets matured at the mental level one needs to have vairagya and vairagya will lead to an attitudinal change in form of tyaga. So once we get viveka the delusion is removed and when the delusion is removed, attachment is removed and when attachment is removed, it is Antaratyaga. That is called as Antaratyaga. When we sacrifice the object itself physically, then it is called as bahyatyaga. Sanyasis is we will have to do both bahiya tyaga as well as antara tyaga for us grihasthas antara tyaga alone is enough we don't need to do bahiya tyaga there is no necessity for us to do bahiya tyaga but antara tyaga is necessary so here when we say tyaga, tyaga is about the sacrificing our attachment it is not about sacrificing the object it is about sacrificing the attachment on the object which has to be which has to come out of viveka sometimes what happens is having an abhimana abhimana meaning an Im, an identification or an importance on certain things It can also make us do Tyaga. For example, if if we have a higher goal, an attachment or an Abhimana towards a higher goal, we will do a Tyaga on the lower things. For example, if you see, if you take Indian freedom fighters, for example, those days, you know, for the sake of their motherland, for the sake of getting freedom from Britishers, they sacrificed their joys, their pleasure, their time with families. They were willing to go to jail. They were willing to get beaten. They were willing to get take punishment. Because their abhimana was on Desha Bhakti. so that allowed them or made them sacrifice a lot of other things so that abhimana that we have can make us do tyaga for example an abhimana on a friendship so i have i give an importance to my friendship and therefore therefore i do tyaga or uh, some kind of sacrifice for my friend so that is Another example or we have the easiest example is mother sacrificing for their children. They have their abhimana, their attachment or their importance to their children and therefore she is willing to sacrifice a lot for their children. So typically an attachment or an importance that we give to a higher ideal would help us to do tyaga on so many lower things. So, here more than Viveka, the importance that we have to give is for the higher idea. If we have a higher idea, then it will help us to make sacrifice lower things. For example, if you, the other example is when you know some sports persons, they want to do well in sports, they want to represent their country. So, they sacrifice their comforts, they sleep and they actually work hard, they train hard, so which means they are doing a lot of sacrifice. Same thing with some children who study, who wants to get into IITs, IIMs or other high universities, reputed universities. They study a lot, they sacrifice their sleep, they sacrifice their food, food timings, they are not very particular about the food. That's because they have a higher idea. So here for us, for spiritual progress, what we have to do, we have to have a higher idea. And how, what is the, what is the higher goal that we can, we have to do or what is it that we have to do to be able to remove the attachment on the lower things. Our Shastra says, Satsangatve nirsangatmo. With the help of satsang, one can remove the attachment towards dursangam. So, having a Satsangam, having a when Vibhishana placed importance to his relationship with Rama on dharma, he was very he was very he placed importance on dharma. Therefore, he was able to sacrifice his attachment or relationship with his brother. So a higher goal will automatically lead us to do Tyaga to a lower radius. So key message here what we say is Viveka is needed for us to get, do proper Tyaga. But for us to remove lot of those lower goals, attachment, uh, attachment on lower things. An attachment towards a higher thing is a starting, is the best way to do it. So, an importance attachment to a higher ideal will make us lose attachment to the lower ideal. This is quite natural and this is satya. You will see that. As I said, we have a lot of examples with sportspersons persons and children who are doing studies to get into reputed universities and things. It's similar to like climbing the stairs, right? When you are climbing the stairs, when do we remove our foot from the lower step? Only when we have placed our foot firmly in the higher step. So, once in the same manner, once we have caught hold of a higher ideal, the attachment towards the lower ideals will automatically go. So, easier way to do is to pick up a higher ideal. So, this is so to summarize, Tyaga is bahya Tyaga means sacrificing the object, Antra Tyaga means sacrificing the attachment towards on that object and an attachment could be on object, possession, situation, relations, anything. And how can we uh, manage that attachment uh, or sacrifice of that attachment only when we have an attachment towards a higher ideal or when we have a proper Viveka, that is where we are able to recognize the faults of the object relations or the worldly things. So this is Tyaga. Bhagavan is going to actually, um, in the later chapters, he will be actually uh, saying how Tyaga can be classified as Tamasatyaga, Rajasatyaga, and Sapika Tyaga. We will see that later. But here we have to understand that Tyaga is necessary for us to actually spiritually mature. Tyaga done out of moham, out of delusion or out of laziness is not real Tyaga. Tyaga has to come out of viveka or Tyaga has to come out of an attachment towards a higher idea. So this is Tyaga. So I don't want to go into... um, Shastras actually give... um, also discuss about tyaga into from another angle also um, it says moksha sadhana tyaga where you know uh, tyaga is actually used uh, or is necessary sadhana for one to attain moksha tyage naike amritatva mana tyage na yeke. So, only due to Tyaga, only due to sacrifice, people would be able to get the Tamaritam, which is the Moksha. So, Shastras say about how important sacrifice is, Tyaga is. So, where Tyaga is seen as a sadhana to attain Moksha. Then, there is also Moksha Sadyam Tyaga, where Moksha itself is called as Tyaga. See, when we, when we value, when we give, um, when we actually value something and we sacrifice that, we feel good. As, as in, when I have something of value, which I have, when I which I value a lot, and I am able to give it that to someone else, I will feel good. Be, I will feel good because I have actually sacrificed something I feel that I have done something great I won't get that same feeling when we throw that in a dustbin remember if I have value something and I throw that if somebody throws that in a dustbin or I myself throw it I will not feel good but when I give it to someone I feel good because I feel I have sacrificed something I feel I have become a tyagi So this feeling of tyagi will make me feel good generally. What Shastra says is, sacrificing this feeling of me being a tyagi, that is the real moksha-rupatyada. I should not even feel that I have sacrificed something. That is the highest level of tyaga. That is the moksha tyaga. How can I sacrifice that feeling? That feeling that I am actually a tyagi. I cannot. It has to come on its own. That feeling, or rather, it has to go out on its own. That feeling of atyagi. And that feeling can come only through atma jnana. Because right now we are all rogis and bogis. We 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 have we we have we have suffering or we do have enjoyments how can this happen when right now the problem is i still value something and therefore when i sacrifice that i feel good that i have sacrificed something that i value but if i do not have any value for anything or rather if I have equal value for everything around then I don't need to I don't feel that I don't have that feeling of I have sacrificed I have done something special that is called as moksha rupa for an the whole world is mithya the whole world is mithya. What is there to sacrifice? There is nothing there to sacrifice, or there is nothing to give. In fact, Shastra says for uses a term called kaka Vishtavata. It says it's a crow's poop. If we remove a crow's poop from our dress. Will we call it as a sacrifice? No. Shastra says it is the same when you are sacrificing something in the material world. It is as good as sacrificing crow's poop on your dress. Because ultimately everything is Mithya. Brahma Satyam Jagat Mithya. This jnanam will give us the ultimate tyaga, the tyaga, the renunciation of the entire world, that is the ultimate tyaga, that is moksha-rupad-tyaga, that is the ultimate sannyasa. that should be, uh, that is our final goal, that is our ultimate goal. So this moksha-rupad-tyaga is the ultimate tyaga the rehearsal or the practice how we have to do is to the first tyaga what we say sadhana, tyaga as a sadhana so we have to sacrifice the pleasure of experiencing the object that we value first so we should start sacrificing the, I seek pleasure here, I am willing to sacrifice that pleasure that is the first step and how can I do it with full with full conviction only when I have viveka on that object or at least I should have a higher idea. So we are when we are clear that we are not seeking pleasure from the object we value, that is called tyaga. When we sacrifice the attachment of the object itself, it is antaratyaga. When I don't want to enjoy the. When we don't. When I sacrifice the. Uh, when I sacrifice the pleasure, seeking pleasure from that object, it is bahiatyaga. When I actually remove the attachment itself, it becomes antaratyaga. Remember, tyaga has to be done step by step. It cannot be done, it cannot be done on one shot. We have lot of responsibilities, whatever responsibilities we have, it cannot be sacrificed. Here we are not talking about sacrificing responsibilities, it is about our attachment. Duties are different, getting attached to duties is different. Here we are talking about attachment towards duties and responsibilities, not really the duties and attachments, not really the duties and responsibilities. We have to look into our desires. If we want to do a proper introspection, we have to understand what our desires are, what our vasanas are, what our samskaras are and then understand what needs to be sacrificed. Whatever Tyaga we do, it should be coming out of Viveka and Vairadya. So that is Tyaga. The next value is Shanti. Shanti. Shanti rapai shana. Shanti is the fourteenth value that Bhagawan talks about in this, in this chapter. Shanti means calm mind and actually speaking it is the thalam it is the it is the result of tyaga shanti means calm mind it's not shantik shanti meaning is also is samaha we say samaha we say for mental discipline we say samaha is mind control See, generally, whenever we see a person who is doing sacrificing, who is doing a sacrifice, or who is doing basically a renunciation, who is basically doing a tyaga, he is doing something. We look at the person with pity. In Tamil, we say "your power." Even in movies, when when whoever does the sacrifice they will be an object of sympathy they will be in, we sympathize with that person in fact the the, the movie director also will make sure that he is able to get that emotion from us by actually keeping the situation in that manner truth is we should not look at that person who sacrifices with any kind of pity Or even sympathy because the person is benefiting with shanti not many people understand this many people around will cry for that person and also make the person who is sacrificed also make him make the person cry also but the real benefit of tyaga is and should be happiness we will see more about Shanti and how it is actually how actually the phalam of Tyaga is calm mind or Shanti in the next class any questions or comments okay if not again we will see it in the next class We'll see more in the next class. Om poor, namada poor, namedam poor, nah poor, namadechete, poorness, poor, namada, nameva, bashete, om shant, teshant, teshanthi. So still, Pajabia, Peripala yayena, margin, mahima, shaha. Go brahmane, bio, loka, samasta, sukino, bhavantu, she would be your